0: I'm just checking that the levels aren't moving, and they don't seem to be, so Jacob, Way. feel free to kick us off. For, shall I do the usual? Hey. Uh, this is the uh, record for episode 8. <laughs> <laughs> Heil, honey, I'm
1: home. Oh, he said it. Um, well, I was, actually, I was actually reading somewhere that um, if you put a little snippet at the beginning of your podcast, people are more likely to listen. Um, so, Hitler... <laughs> I mean if that doesn't if that doesn't get people interested then nothing will Our beloved listener and welcome to Bad Things The podcast equivalent of a sorbet at the restaurant of poor taste My name is Jacob Simmons and I'll be your mater d this evening The d stands for dreadful by the way And paying his way through college as your sexy waiter tonight Is the incomparable Nathan Packham Nathan, the most generic of salutations to you
0: Ultimate generic salutations to you as well Jacob The only time in my life I've ever been called sexy So we can take that one <laughs> off now as well
1: <laughs> I live to serve. And how are you? How are things uh, in, in, your, in your life?
0: Oh, well, we're, we're at 75 to 90% normal now, I'd say, until oh, really? the second wave. I've been getting out and about because I'm a terrible person, <laughs> uh, trying to trying to help the economy get back on its feet. I've had you a number monster. of nice meals and drinks and things, and uh, yeah, carrying that on this weekend and, and until the second wave hits.
1: Have you uh, eaten out to help out yet?
0: Uh, no, that's happening on Wednesday. The Ooh. scheme hadn't come in in time for the last time that I went out uh, on a weekday. So uh, yeah, going out a on a Wednesday this week.
1: Jeez, it's going to be one of those things where it will really bring out the best and worst of British people because there'll be two, there'll be like half of people will be like, let's let's not bother with it, you know, let's let, it's not worth the fuss to bring it up. And equally, people there'll be other half of people who will just be like, where's my bloody money off? And just shouting, <laughs> shouting at poor, poor service industry workers up and down the country as they start fights in various branches of Frankie and Benny's.
0: Literally, as soon as they enter the restaurant, no bill has been <laughs> delivered at all. And they're like, where's the money
1: off? <laughs> I want to see the £10.
0: <laughs> I've seen some crazy discounts that people have got so far. I think so- some restaurants just don't understand how it works. And they're just discounting wildly.
1: Well, we have all that to look forward to. And I'm sure Nathan will report back on his exploits in the real world. Uh, but uh, thank you very much, Nathan, I must say, for orchestrating our last episode, the epic two-parter that was Louis' Boys. Um, I had an absolute blast doing that, and I think our listeners really enjoyed it as well. We've got the video up of our Wagner intro that's got a good response on the old social media page. If you haven't seen it, Bad Things, the podcast on Facebook, and um, I think it's on Instagram as well, at Bad Things Pod. Um, we actually have a few updates on that episode for you, a few corrections, because we actually we finally learned. You know, we thought we were going to be tripping up on the pronunciation of Wagner's name, but no, we we nailed that. Turns out we don't know how to say the name of his pet, Nathan. How do you say what uh, the word that we kept saying as Samoyed dog?
0: Yeah, it's it's time for the first correction in Bad Things history. There should have been about twenty more previously. <laughs> we just haven't bothered. But uh, it is, it's not Samoyed, because uh, I'm from Sussex, I said Samoyed. Uh, it's actually Samoyed, uh, is how you say it correctly. According to Google, anyway. Who knows if that's correct? Wow. But Samoyed dog.
1: Wow. Well, there we go. Um, so, you know, any, any Samoyed dog enthusiasts out there, that one was for you. Um, also, I feel like I should apologise for my utterly atrocious impressions of both Wagner and Louis Walsh. Across that episode, uh, I won't be doing that again. So there I go. will be. <laughs> I was about to say, well, we've both learned something from that episode, but clearly that's not true. Um, but yeah, there we go. We've addressed the balance there, now. and well, I might not be able to after this episode because we are getting with getting into some really interesting source material. On this, our eighth episode. Eight episodes we've done now. Thank you very much to everyone who's listened from the start. And if this is your first time joining Bad Things, uh, then basically we talk about terrible things from the world of media. Uh, We usually have a big long spiel that explains what the show is, but I haven't written it down, so uh, we're just going to move on uh, and talk about what our subject matter is this week because we're back in the world of TV for the first time since April and it's our first ever scripted show. We're not doing any reality programmes this time. Nathan, what's on the Bad Things menu today?
0: I just got flashbacks there to uh, I Want to Marry Harry <laughs> so and how good. fun that was. Uh, that episode was, was, was the uh, first two-party, yeah, where well, we, uh, yes. well,
1: we went off to um, Englefield House. What was it called? Deerfield Manor. That was Englebert House.
0: What... Oh, no, that was the Jedward episode.
1: <laughs> if you love someone.
0: Uh, <laughs> so, um, episode eight of Bad Things is going to be on the 1990 sitcom Hitler Coming Home. Uh, It is entitled Heil Honey, I'm Home, and it's, yes, it's everything you think it's going to be.
1: There's no subtlety here. We are back in Germany. It's our second visit to um, the Rhineland on this podcast, Uh, only somehow (laughs) this may end up being more offensive than Lulu, uh, because we're getting to grips with Heil Honey, I'm Home, as you said, a 1990 sitcom about, well, there's no easy way to say this, Adolf Hitler. We're talking about Hitler, Nathan. It's finally happened. We are actually talking about a real-life bad thing that somebody decided there would be a sitcom about. Um, this is actually something that's been on our radar pretty much since the podcast started, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, if I think
0: in the first ever document we made in October of last year, I think this was on the, on the list. And I was delighted when I read your script that we weren't going to be covering the history of World War II. <laughs> Um, I, I think that's well traversed ground. Mm. So uh, we'll be focusing mainly on the sitcom and also Hitler in other various forms of media yeah. as well. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm gonna say, you know, I do have a history degree. Um, but I think if you don't know who Hitler is, um, especially if you grew up in the UK where it, Second World War history is shoved down our throats from the moment we're out of the womb, um, something something so not, has gone. not t- like
0: your left wing or anything. <laughs>
1: Me? What? No, never. But yes, we will be reviewing the first and only broadcast episode of Heil Honey I'm Home because for some ungodly reason this got cancelled straight away. What? Uh, and we are going to talk about some of the other episodes that did get made but never made it to air. But the full review is going to be the one and only <laughs> the one and only episode. Um I just got distracted thinking about Chesney Hawks there. Um <laughs>
0: Bad things. <laughs>
1: Oh, dear. Okay, so, Nathan Packham, it's time to get into our favourite part of the show. This is, da, 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 The Backstory, the best hey. part of any bad things podcast. Um, and, yeah, as I mentioned, we're not going to be talking about actual Hitler too much. Don't worry about that. We're going to be talking about how this show bafflingly came into being. Nathan, how much do you know about the guy who created this show, a Mr. Jeff Atkinson?
0: Well, this guy's just plain huge in the British comedy scene, I think it's fair to say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's
0: mainly known for his work with impressionist Rory Bremner. Did you ever watch Bremner, Bird and Fortune (laughs) back in the day?
1: I, no, I remember seeing Rory Bremner on various panel shows uh, when I was growing up, Mm. uh, and he was also a contestant on a series of Strictly Come Dancing that I watched once. Oh, wow. He went out very early on, as you can imagine, but yeah, he's sort of a uh, he's sort of a yeah he's an impressionist. Uh, one of the more famous ones. Uh, I was going to say one of the better ones, but I don't really like impressionists, so that's um, that's a, a loaded a loaded statement there. But yeah, he's a pretty big name in British comedy. Uh, and Atkinson has also worked with various other people, including Bobby Davro, <laughs> who I, I I
0: think my brother my brother got Bobby Davro's number, <laughs> but that's a
1: whole other story. And now they are happily married.
0: (laughs) No, they're not. (laughs) Is he still alive, Bobby Davro?
1: Yes, I think so. Okay. Um, Yeah, yeah, he's still alive. Uh, He's also worked with Les Dennis, uh, Lenny Henry, uh, and the two Ronnies. He uh, was a a writer on their 1984 Christmas special. He was also one of the main writers on Spitting Image, uh, which inexplicably is coming back.
0: Now? Yes, uh, because BritBox is dying on its arse. So uh,
1: they're attempting something
0: to to try and help it out. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if next year BritBox didn't exist.
1: I have so many opinions about BritBox. (laughs) All of them bad. Um, But I feel like, again, if we start talking about that, we'll be here forever. Um, Just maybe if you're going to show things on there, like Peep Show, maybe pay for the uh, exclusive rights so people... Don't have to, don't have the option to watch it on Netflix, which
0: they're just yeah. Gonna you can do literally anyway. watch Peep Show for free <laughs> on on four on four o d or pay probably less on Netflix,
1: uh, and or pay the same amount on Netflix and get more stuff anyway. Whatever, um, I'm sure all those people lining up to watch old episodes of Mrs Brown's Boys. So good luck, oh. <laughs> good luck with that. Okay, so yeah, Jeff Atkinson is the guy behind Heil Honey I'm Home, uh, and he's very open about this show. He has given a number of interviews, uh, including one that came out this year. Uh, He was chatting to The Telegraph, I think it was, uh, in July of 2020. Um, but we're, So that's we're going to reference that interview a lot. And also an interview he did in 2017 with Entertainment Weekly. Uh, and Atkinson said that, "Hail, honey, I'm home, was one of two ideas that he was grappling with at the time. Nathan, did you get down what the other idea was that we, we could have got from Mr. Atkinson?
0: I loosely read about this. I believe there was something to do with Jesus <laughs> was, was being bandied about yes
1: it was a beverly hills 90210 parody starring a teenage jesus
0: (laughs) and uh i think i think as you said in previous notes why not do that and maybe it's slightly less risk with that as long as jesus was portrayed well
1: i think if you're comparing jesus and hitler Um, Yes, I would probably say that Jesus comes out as the winner nine times out of ten there. Um, Atkinson was asked about his ideas, and he said, I like big, high-concept shows that take a risk. When they work, you can carry them off with a real flair. He also said he wanted to do a Trump sitcom... Uh, which reminded me of that George Bush sitcom. Do you, are you aware of that's my Bush?
0: Nope. That sounds like it's coming up very soon on Bad Things.
1: <laughs> oh no, it was reviewed really well. Oh okay. Um, well, it's, it's written by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the South Park guys. Yeah. Um, so obviously uh, they're like well versed in the in the realms of satire. Uh, they were they originally going to do an Al Gore sitcom. Uh, and then Bush won inexplicably, so the last minute um, they changed their idea and wrote a sitcom about Bush. Moving on with Mr Atkinson, uh, in that interview with The Telegraph that came out last month, uh, Atkinson called the show getting commissioned the easiest job ever. nineteen ninety four for you. <laughs> <laughs> he pitched the idea to Noel Gay Television, uh, which no longer exists, surprisingly. <laughs> Uh, and they had an open production slate with the fledgling British Satellite Broadcasting Network. And we're going to get into the real nitty gritty of uh, BSB, as it was known, uh, which I think might make me sexually aroused because I love the, the history of television and I love the history of British television. <laughs> uh, and we're going to talk about... Why
0: are we the same person? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we're going to talk about another real life uh, wrong uh, Rupert Murdoch, who will be rearing his ugly head. Uh, very very soon but the background on BSB it launched in 1990 and was mostly populated with American imports and reruns from BBC and ITV Uh, I've put in the notes a 90s version of Dave Uh,
0: yeah I get really frustrated with these kind of channels Hmm. Uh, I can't stand them I think it's just old hat because um, this one was actually your Galaxy, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. honey, I'm home. BSB had, um, I think
1: they launched with six channels, uh, and Galaxy was their entertainment branch. They had, like, sports right. channels and film channels. Uh, I think they had a business channel as well, which might have been a subscription service. Um, I, I don't know. The business model seems very flawed uh, for BSB, uh, who infamously had a square aerial uh, that you had to put on the outside of your house. <laughs> uh, that was nicknamed the Squarial. <laughs> no, nothing on the aesthetic
0: appeal of a big sky rounded satellite.
1: Oh, yes. Every day of the week. Um, so, yeah, 90s Dave uh, to sort of give themselves a chance. They decided to uh, take a punt on an original sitcom for, as we mentioned, the Galaxy Channel and approached Atkinson about his new idea. Now, in theory, this isn't a terrible idea because Atkinson, as we mentioned, had a lot of history. He had a lot of good names on his resume. Um, so I don't think they can be blamed for trying this, for sort of taking a punt on, on one of his ideas. And I think Atkinson saw the uh, the fact that these guys were desperate... <laughs> And thought, well, if anybody's going to take my madcap show about Hitler, it'll be these boys. This show is
0: like the the Taskmaster of galaxy, <laughs> isn't it? Like the original, <laughs> the original programming
1: that launched them into the stratosphere. Yeah, it, well, it certainly yeah. it certainly made them famous, uh, just in very different ways uh, than Taskmaster, <laughs> which is an excellent yeah. show. Um, yeah, so. Atkinson says in the interview uh, that he'd been playing with the idea and apparently people seemed quite excited. I wrote up half a script and everyone was very pleased. It was simple to get it commissioned. There was no pushback. How?
0: <laughs> I I I would, I would put it down to a couple of things. Uh, probably the context of this being 30 years ago being one of them. <laughs> Not to be too millennial about it, as I always say. <laughs> Uh, and also needing something to get eyes on the product as well, I think, is probably a key reason why this ended up getting commissioned.
1: Yeah, because uh, uh, BSB was dogged with problems from the very start. They launched; they were going to launch at, at pretty much exactly the same time as the other big digital network in the UK, which was Sky. Uh, but they had a load of technical problems. And by the time they launched, Sky had been in business for a year
0: I'm delighted I wasn't in the BSB main control room in 1990.
1: I mean, you know how stressful it is to work in broadcast television. Um, can you imagine if, like, just just like the sweat that must have just been cascading off of everyone's brows uh, as the sort of uh, the title card? I, this- the
0: only thing I can relate it to in my own working life is I worked on a channel which had to be created in six weeks, <laughs> and uh, that was. Uh, People were pulling sixteen to eighteen hour days Whoa. to get
1: that up and running, Holy and uh, then it
0: died within six
1: months. So, good job. <laughs> we won't name any names because uh, we might get sued. Nope. <laughs> yeah, so so this like this is already where the, like the problems are, are already starting here because uh, Atkinson, I think his biggest problem was he got the message of the sitcom completely wrong because he wanted to make Heil am Home a spoof of the 1950s sitcoms uh, that dominated television during that time, such as I Love Lucy, The Honeymooners, all those big American shows. Um, his two goals with the project were to laugh at bullies and ape the American sitcom. First of all, I think bully is a bit of a, a loose term for Hitler. <laughs> I think if he's... <laughs> that's glib, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, if that's if he could something. get away with just being described as a bully, then he's done well. Uh, and secondly, um, yeah, like, the, the idea of using the Nazis to make fun of television, I think is sort of the wrong way round.
0: <laughs>
1: and I would... Ar- we're going to get into this. I would argue as
0: well that Hitler is the protagonist and not the antagonist of this
1: show. <laughs> So yeah, Heil Honey I'm Home is on the way to being made. The show went into production and it's time to cast some actors. I think this also might be a a favourite part of any TV or, or movie themed episode, talking about what the actors did before the show. So Nathan, what have you got on the cast of this first episode of Heil Honey, I'm Home.
0: Can I just mention before the cast that this got filmed at Pinewoods and I was absolutely <laughs> destroyed. it wasn't filmed at Luton Who <laughs> from our previous episodes?
1: Pinewood who? Pinewood who? Pinewood who? Hitler who? Yes,
0: we talked about uh, the hilarity of cast before with lesbian vampire killers. I think this is a whole new maelstrom of bollocks. Some of the things <laughs> these cast members have done are uh, quite extraordinary. Um, should we talk about Hitler first?
1: <laughs> I, I feel like we can put it off no longer.
0: Hitler is played by a man called Neil McCall, who uh, his top acting credits on IMDb are Doctors, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the daytime
1: soap, daytime then, soap Doctors, yeah,
0: and Nomeo and Juliet as well. Have uh, you seen
1: Nomeo and Juliet?
0: It's a film. No, I haven't.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, Uh, it's it's rubbish. (laughs) It's utterly rubbish. I think I knew that as much when I was even when I was 11 and I watched it for the first time. Pile of shit. Absolute pile of shit. And inexplicably got a sequel.
0: (laughs) And um, and Neil has run the full gambit of BBC soaps. Uh, He's done both Casualty and Holby City. As the same character, or... I don't know, I don't, I don't think it was a crossover <laughs> thing. I don't think so. That's a do good exist. point, actually.
1: They exist within the same universe, don't we? The Casualty cinematic universe. is. A yeah, thing. the
0: Casualty is Casualty, and then Hulby <laughs> yeah. City is boring. Um, <laughs> and, no,
1: com- no comment from me.
0: And he was in EastEnders for 11 years, where what? he was simply a pharmacist.
1: <laughs> oh Neil um, yeah he was also in a TV adaptation of Titus Andronicus uh, the Shakespeare play and something called Game Set and Match which I only know about because it's got Ian Holm in it rest in peace who is that? Uh, he <laughs> I can't describe it in, in, ver- in, in reference to other things because you won't have seen them yeah um, that's a good point he's Bilbo Baggins in the Lord of the Rings film
0: oh I I've, I've
1: s- I saw those once <laughs> I bet you didn't like them. Oh, uh, a bit long. Uh... <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, he's also the trainer in Chariots of Fire, which I bet you haven't seen. Nope. <laughs> there we go. There we go.
0: <laughs> um, oh, so oh, that's I've lost that's, my voice again.
1: That's okay. Take an aspinol and we'll get back to you. away <laughs> There we
0: go. Um, if if you do want to follow Neil, he's on Twitter. Where Is he, he uh, describes himself as an active father, granddad, and old fart. Um <laughs> and dispels his virulent anti Tory sentiment. Um if that's your bag.
1: Well I know what I'm gonna be doing after we stop this record. Follow <laughs> DM Uh yeah, so that's Hitler. Um what about his beloved his beloved I don't know, I think are they married in this? Um you know, which is a historical inaccuracy. His his life partner, Ava Braun, who's who's she? So
0: Ava Braun's actually on the double because the Ava Braun we get in episode one is not the same one we get for the unaired <laughs> episodes. So the pilot Ava Braun is, I really hope I'm saying this correctly, Danica Fairman.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's capital D and then a capital N.
0: Yeah. She doesn't have a lot on our IMDB. She was in an episode of Footballer's Wives. <laughs> is, uh, it's about as far as I got with her. I have no idea what that is. Uh, see, I probably know more about Footballer's Wives than know behind Juliet. <laughs>
1: You know more about footballers' wives than probably most human beings on the planet. (laughs) I've never watched a full episode. Yeah, but you've heard of it, which puts you definitely in the top 10%. (laughs) Uh,
0: And then going forward uh, with the episodes we didn't get to see, Ava was played by Maria Friedman, Mm. which sounds like quite a Jewish name. I don't want to (laughs) assume anything, which would add a whole new level
1: of problems. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, dear. We're um, already on dodgy ground. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're twenty-five minutes in. Um, <sighs> so I, I hope I haven't made assumptions there. I was just, uh, just yeah. I think it's I think it's it's in. I think it's worth mentioning either way. I think out of the two the two things, us and Heil Honey, I'm home. I don't think there's any danger of us coming across as more anti-Semitic. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, Maria had a few years on EastEnders as Elaine Peacock. Um, I, I didn't look up the character arc of Elaine Peacock. Uh
1: boo. Maria Friedman is uh, just uh, the only thing I knew any of the people from. Uh, she's the narrator in the Donny Osmond version of Joseph and his Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat.
0: <laughs> so niche. She's
1: really, really good in that film. I don't think that's niche. I think a lot of people will know her from that. Um, but yeah, she... Uh, and Danika um, Friedman... Um, has also appeared in Grange Hill and an episode of Bergerac, <laughs> uh, which is some absolutely classic British TV there. Yeah. Some classic 80s wank. Should we talk about the Goldensteins? Let's talk about the Goldensteins. So, yeah, the neighbours.
0: I guess, just con- for context, the Goldensteins are the Jewish neighbours who live next to Hitler. <laughs> um, so, we've got a guy called Gareth Marx, who apparently was only 30 years old when this was recorded. Really?
1: He looks. Rough.
0: He could be. It was. Well, he's. He's the. Uh, what was her name in Greece two? Oh, <laughs> oh.
1: the 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 boob lady. The,
0: oh, are we going to call her the boob lady? Oh my! Oh, I gosh. can't
1: remember her name. I can't remember her name. is the, Mrs... the. Oh no! I can't. I can't remember her name.
0: The teacher in Greece two who could have been thirty nine to sixty nine. <laughs> he yeah. could be anywhere between thirty and sixty. I think. Yeah. Um. His biggest role on IMDb uh, was Simon from marketing in Bridget Jones's diary.
1: That's the best one. That's the new best credit that we've found.
0: And uh, we'll be coming back to Gareth because he has got hold of some illicit materials that we're going to (laughs) discuss later on in the podcast. And Mm. Rosa Goldenstein was played by Caroline Gruber, who was also in Grange Hill in 1985 as Mrs. Washington. (laughs) That's the only thing I've got on her.
1: Uh, She was also in three different episodes of The Bill as three different people. (laughs) The Bill universe is just all (laughs) over the place. I I love The Bill. I find The Bill really funny and I don't know why.
0: That, that you, no, you can sit alone and watch the bill if you want. No, I don't, uh, I don't I don't I'll find the actual,
1: this. I don't find the actual show funny. I just find the concept of the bill really funny. I don't know why, just because mm. it ran for like twenty thousand years and every <laughs> single person has been in the bill. Like my house <laughs> my housemate's mum was in an episode of The Bill.
0: Oh and my god. I found
1: that utterly hilarious. It's just one We've of those. have probably
0: been in the bill and you have realized <laughs>
1: It's like national service if you're not employed by the age of 20 you just get called up for a, an extra role in the bill as like a shoplifter
0: the women's land army of, of british <laughs> soaps
1: thank you for repping the women's land army uh, that's good good um, feminist hit, uh, history there um and yeah we have one more well i have one more person to talk about uh the special guest star of this episode uh patrick cargill did you get much on him uh well that we
0: it's time to mention the Beatles isn't Yay. it for Patrick Cargill. There we go. Uh he I have I've never seen Help actually mm. that's a stain on my Beatles fandom. He is a superintendent in Help <laughs> I, I think you've seen it haven't you? I've you've seen, seen I've
1: seen bits of Help. Um yeah, Help is I think as you put in another another one of our projects that hasn't come out yet. Um it's just a shit hard days night basically uh, <laughs> that revolves <In> colour <laughs> the plot being that Ringo has managed to get a hold of a magical ring, uh, and sort of various forces are out to try and get him. Um, but yeah, he is—he is in that film. Uh, he's also in two Carry On films uh, and a sitcom called Father, Dear Father, which he was the lead star in. That he's just one of those classic old school British actors uh, that had a turn in everything. He's more known for the stage, I think, than the screen. Sounds
0: like he was in some real British smart, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you'll see that from his performance in this. Uh, just a, a side note on Patrick Cargill. This was his final ever TV role. He died in 1996. Wow. Yeah. He didn't do
0: anything for the remaining remaining six years. He just
1: did stage stuff, I think. But yeah, this Wouldn't
0: is... Wouldn't that gnaw away at your conscience? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really hope not, because I don't want him to have died with his last regret being I was Neville Chamberlain in the fucking Hitler sitcom. <laughs> I hope he lived a full life outside of Heil Huddingham home but yeah that was uh, that's Patrick Cargill for you um, one yeah I don't even know what to say I was going to say one of the better things about this episode but I don't think that's true
0: I yeah I think he's probably the best thing
1: about once again
0: like like um oh I've forgotten his name and I want to marry Harry
1: Oh, King well, Kingsley
0: King, yeah like Kingsley and I want to marry Harry the old school British bloke comes through for us <laughs> At least somewhat um, uh, I've got two more people really uh, they, okay. have, they have no acting credits in IMDB. it just it's just a, a way to frame where the show was going. yeah um, so there's a guy called Lewis Barrett who was Stalin in an unaired episode <laughs> and also a guy called Thomas Lord who, mm. was, who was Herman Goering in an unaired Christmas special.
1: yeah, that's a, that sounds so exciting. <laughs> I want to see that more than anything. There's another character called Ruth in this, but I couldn't find anything about her.
0: Yep, yeah, I, I think that was a Google black hole. That was the bone of jizzy pants.
1: <laughs> of,
0: uh... <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> I'm making, sorry, I'm making a lot of uh, references to previous episodes. You really are. Yeah. Well, know. you know,
1: if people, people haven't followed us from the start, uh, they're dead to me. So I'm not joking. You're not dead to me. Please go back and listen. Uh, acast.com forward slash bad things to the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the cast um, that really does frame things, uh, who's who of who's that. Um, and according to Mister Atkinson, once things actually got off the ground, things did not run smoothly on the set. According to that EW interview, Atkinson said, "I had a sense something was not right. These were there were tensions backstage, and people started questioning the story, and it became more awkward. People started. How dare they!" <laughs> <laughs> How dare they not blindly follow this man's vision to make Hitler a sitcom? Bloody snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um but yeah, made made it did eventually get and it was broadcast on the Galaxy channel. The first episode went up on the 30th of September in 1990 to an audience that according to Mark Lewisohn from the BBC could be counted on just a few hands. <laughs> I think is a, is a small mercy,
0: and we will be breaking lockdown rules to have a special screening of that down the <laughs> pub on the thirtieth anniversary.
1: It's coming up soon. Ah, oh, jeez, wow! Can you imagine if we did sort of like a cinema in the park, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just for twenty-five minutes only?
1: Well, we'd supplement it with all eight episodes of "I Want to Marry Harry." Yes, including, and then all the interviews that they did afterwards. Uh, God, we really are getting reference heavy on this show. Um, but yeah, so that's the backstory. Um, quite a lot to discuss for a 25-minute pilot. Um, before we get into that, because as we said, there's only 25 minutes, so I think there's there's room to play around here. And it does bear mentioning that this is not the first time, nor would it be the last time that Hitler was uh, depicted on screen is it in a fictional form. Uh, so I thought we'd t- take a little bit of time to talk about Hitler's other portrayals in the media.
2: That was intense. What am I going to do? No idea. Got it. I
1: will negotiate. the house and blame Winston Churchill. Will negotiate.
0: Nathan, have you seen Jojo Rabbit? I processed this film at my workplace, wow. so I have seen. I have. I've done a five-point check <laughs> on Jojo Rabbit. <laughs>
1: Did any of those five points have Hitler in them?
0: Uh, no, most of them had Rebel Wilson in them, and I was like, oh, God.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Hitler actually made an appearance in a very high-profile movie just last year uh, in Taika Waititi's Academy Award-winning film, Jojo Rabbit. The Fuhrer is played by Waititi himself. Uh, I don't know what that means to have a <laughs> a-, a-, a Maori man playing Hitler. Um, I think that's progression. I don't know. Um, And he appears as the lead character's imaginary friend. He starts out with very childlike, reflecting uh, the the character's sort of um, the psyche of this young child. Uh, But he eventually gets more and more Hitler-like as the film goes on as Jojo starts to question his allegiances to the Hitler youth. Um, So, yeah, I think I included this because it just goes to show you can talk about Hitler in a very acclaimed way. Um, Because this film was like, you know, it, it did very, very well.
0: Yeah, and I think there's uh there's comparisons to be made cuz I, I seem to remember the accents weren't really anywhere from what I can remember. They weren't um, yeah,
1: they weren't German, no one was trying to be German or Austrian.
0: like you've just got to be tasteful and knowing mm. about it. And we we're going to get into Heil honey <laughs> it just doesn't doesn't manage it. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. And yeah, so that's a that's a more modern version of Hitler. Uh, I think if we're going to talk about something that makes fun of Hitler, there's only one place we can go, and that is the Mel Brooks classic the produces And now
2: it's springtime For Hitler And Germany Deutschland is Happy and gay We're marching Faster Look out, here comes the master
0: race. Yeah, I looked up Mel Brooks uh, because this, this came up uh, regularly when we were looking at reviews of this. Mm. He's still around, oh, yeah. Mel Brooks. Yeah, yeah, he's still alive. And for this film, I've only seen the classic sequence. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to help you out a lot <laughs>
1: Okay, I'll take over because the producers is one of my favourite things ever. I adore this film, uh, both versions. I don't even I don't hate the 2005 version, uh, which a lot of people do. It started off in 1967 as a film starring Zero Mostel and the late great Gene Wilder, uh, and it details details the exploits of Max Bialystok and Leo Bloom two Broadway shysters who try and produce the worst musical of all time to fool the IRS and collect a huge tax payout and the show they settle on is Springtime for Hitler a revisionist retelling of the Second World War that favours the Fuhrer Um, and The Producers is just one of those absolutely classic films that then became a stage show, it got adapted into an actual musical and then that got remade as a movie in 2005 starring Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick uh, I love the producers so much. It's a great mix of campy, old-time showmanship that I adore and really absurd, ridiculous humour mixed in with a really good satirical message as well. And written only 20 years after the end of the war by a a, a, a very proud Jewish man.
0: Sounds like the sort of film that Patrick Cargill might have shown up
1: in. The 2005 version has John Barrowman in it. Oh, so wow, I've got to see this. He is—he plays a singing stormtrooper. Uh, <laughs> and is absolutely marvelous. it's absolutely marvellous. This film is so good, honestly. If you've not seen the producers, any version, the 67 version or the 05 version, they're wildly different films. The first one is a straight-up sort of dark comedy satire. The second one is a full-blown movie musical. Uh, so take your pick and watch them both. But yeah, they managed to make fun of Hitler perfectly. Absolutely fantastically. Uh, one of the lines in Springtime for Hitler was, um, uh, sung by Hitler, I was just a common boy, no one more obscure. Then I got the call from the Reichstag, <laughs> told me I was Führer. <laughs>
0: it's also a rap.
1: It's... <laughs> That goes to show how little we know about rap. The
2: power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world, that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power. But they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason, a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers. In the name of democracy, let us all unite!
1: So from one classic to the next, uh, the 1940 Charlie Chaplin movie, The Great Dictator. Nathan, you must have at least heard of this film.
0: <laughs> I, I can confirm I have heard of this film.
1: Hooray! I'll take that as a victory. Um, yeah, it's a general lampooning of fascism and dictatorships made at obviously a very important time in European history. Not that you'll know anything about it, Nathan, because it was before the ni- 1950. So, um, Yeah, you, you basically care.
0: anything before Rock Around the Clock I'm not interested
1: <laughs> in. Um, yeah, Hitler himself doesn't appear in the film directly but Chaplin plays a guy called Adenoid Hinkle uh, who is a very obvious parody of the Fuhrer who leads a fictional country called Tomania. Uh The film was nominated for five Oscars and was selected for the National Film Registry by the US Library of Congress and the speech in The Great Dictator given by Chaplin's character... Uh, where he talks about, um, you know, how the people of the world should come together and unite, is absolutely phenomenal viewing. He, it's just this big monologue about the state of the world. Uh, and it is, you know, as true today as it was 80 years ago. And it is absolutely fantastic. And if you're not going to see the whole film, Google that speech, because it is well worth a watch.
0: And how brave is that of someone? Oh, my
1: God. mm. Yeah, absolutely. He
0: would have been he would have been public enemy number one if hmm. the the worst had happened. So Yeah,
1: totally. And even and like at this point, um uh you know, Chaplin was based in the States and he like the US weren't in the war for another three years. So he was making this bold statement, even though the policy up until this point was the US is not getting involved in this war, we are staying out of it. It was only Pearl Harbor that changed things for the US and that was in forty three, I think December forty three. So he obviously took a stance on this and decided that this was something he wanted to do and it paid off massively. Um, I, and I love
0: that you said, I think 43, and then repeated with the month. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm a dick. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are three examples of Hitler being portrayed very well in the media. I think to balance it out in the history, in the um, uh, uh, uh interest of fairness uh we'll talk about something shit with hitler in it um, i hadn't heard of this until i was going through the very helpful wikipedia page hitler in fiction thank you <laughs> thank you for that um, and this is a film that came out in 2007 called a kitten for hitler um, i assume nathan you hadn't heard of this
0: i i i read this in the script i was like what is this
1: <laughs> it's horrible Uh, It was created by a guy called Ken Russell, who, from what I gather, just loves to be controversial for the sake of it. It's a short film about a young Jewish boy who travels to Germany during World War Two to give Hitler a kitten in the hope of softening his heart. However, when he gets there, uh, well, actually, we should talk about the boy, the boy, quote unquote, himself uh, as a guy. Well, the character's called Lenny uh, and he is not played by a child. He's played by an adult man with dwarfism. (laughs)
0: Oh, okay. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, problem from the start there. Um, so this, this this adult man with dwarfism playing a child gives Hitler the gift, uh, and Hitler's like, oh, this is great. And then he finds out that Lenny is Jewish, <laughs> has him killed, skinned, and turned into a lampshade.
0: Uh, I, it, was that a practice of Hitler's, or is that just <laughs> the film's... uh, Um, imagination
1: it never came up in in my three years of studying history at at university level Um, but hey who am I to to say Um, and then the lamp like survives the war eventually gets returned home to uh, Lenny's mother and did
0: you just say the lamp survives the war (laughs)
1: Sorry, I forgot. I forgot I was in the real world for a second there. This film. The guy
0: was skinned. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I can only work with what the film's given me, Nathan. <laughs> I know it's. I know it's not real. I know it's a load of bollocks. <laughs> yeah, the lamp eventually. Because the lamp is sentient, by the way. Um, oh well this makes yeah. sense oh now. sorry i did yeah the lamp like sort of glows um and there's <laughs> a weird there's a weird slu- a subplot where lenny has a, a birthmark in the shape of a swastika um and like after he gets skinned it transforms magically into a star of david and the lamp gets awarded the purple heart by harry s truman
0: <laughs> let me know when you want to put this on a pole <laughs>
1: Uh it's only a short film so I don't know I think we've covered most of it but as soon as I read about this I was like well this we have to cover this because this is absolute gold
0: Did you ever see Valkyrie with Tom Cruise? <laughs>
1: uh no I ha- I've heard of it that's um, about the plot to assassinate Hitler
0: Yeah it's really bad just thought I would <laughs> drop that in there
1: <laughs> This is Tom Cruise with an eye patch isn't it?
0: Uh yeah I think he does have mm. an eye patch on and also it's just Tom Cruise so just forget it
1: Well he doesn't he doesn't act he's just Tom Cruise um especially like post 2000 as well anyway um my my next line in the script is now that horribleness is out of the way which makes it sound like i hate tom cruise um the horribleness No you just want to get away from the skinning <laughs> Yeah the horribleness is the skinning um somehow um we're going to have to move on from that and we're going to talk about the actual uh, meat and two veg of this episode let's get down to business let's get into Heil honey i'm home episode 1 <laughs> of one. Nathan Packham, are you ready for what is going to be one of the most surreal experiences of our lives?
0: Let's do it, and I can't wait to talk about this transition announcement that we're going to start off with.
1: And unless Arthur Lowe defeats him, the man himself, in a few moments, in Heil Honey, I'm Home, as the Galaxy Comedy Weekend continues. The very handy full upload on YouTube, uh, which Jeff Atkinson is aware of uh, and doesn't care about... (laughs) He actively enjoys the fact that this is up on YouTube for free. Um, we start with a little bit of the ending of an episode of Dad's Army. Uh, and Nathan, do you want to talk about the uh, continuity announcement that precedes this airing of Heil Honey, I'm Home?
0: I mean, this continuity announcer is basically the Miles Davis of uh, <laughs> continuity um, announcers.
1: Okay, uh, do explain be- how. Because... Be-
0: <laughs> Because, I mean, I, I guess he... Well, I guess he didn't improvise it, but I guess this came from his own brain. <laughs> uh, I don't know how it works in TV, actually. Yeah, um, I, don't, I, sh- I
1: don't know if you're given a script as a continuity announcer.
0: But I'm sure Galaxy was so all over the place he just had to do it himself. <laughs> uh, th- at the end of the credits of Dad's Army, the announcer says, and unless Arthur Lowe defeats him, it's the man himself in a few moments in Heil Honey, I'm Home. <laughs> as- as the Galaxy Comedy Weekend continues.
1: (laughs) That is amazing. um, He saw that and was like, well, this is the only chance I'm ever going to (laughs) get to make this gag. And he took it. He grasped it with both hands.
0: And he probably meant that the scheduler for this was instantly fired. (laughs) Uh, One of the execs realised what had been programmed after Dad's Army.
1: Also, the Galaxy Comedy Weekend. My God, that sounds exciting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there was there was something with Ben Elton on after (laughs) I've I've noticed. Yeah, Um, Ben. Has Ben Elton done anything since the nineties? I don't really. Um, I think he writes novels now. Oh, okay, yeah, Thank I think you. my dad had a few of his novels, yeah,
1: he write I think he writes various novels um so that sort of sets the scene for the absolute train wreck that is about to follow. um well done, that man. I will say he's the hero of this episode <laughs> and if you that, that was there...
0: his bitch's brew right there <laughs> there
1: it was that was his birth of the cool. <laughs> <laughs> we we start the episode proper With a title card that says that The show is in the world of the show A lost pilot for a, 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 a real TV show Created by a TV executive Called Brandon Thalberg Jr Now I looked up Brandon Thalberg Jr And could find nothing The closest I came was a guy called Irving Thalberg Jr Who is the son of a 1930s Hollywood movie producer So I don't know what this is if it is anything
0: it's i think it's just some sort of fictional backstory to justify the immorality of what (laughs) we're about to about to watch
1: um i just think like when when people when sort of people do this there's a a big trend of hiding like little in jokes in it and sort of references to people but i don't know maybe this was just one of the people that worked on the set i don't know um but it, I just or they've it... gone
0: for a name that they know will not be associated with anything whatsoever. True. Just a safe
1: face. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too hung up on this, but yeah, this was. Um, this threw me right from the start. Um, and then we get an upbeat 50 styled song. Hile,
2: honey. Hi, honey. Hi, honey. Hi, honey. 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 Hello. I'm, I'm home. Hi, honey. honey. Smile, honey i'm home Gee, it's great but to be top, top gun, gun but it's nothing, nothing like the fun that i get when i
0: say hi honey i am home hi honey oh i loved this <laughs> Do you want to give a little rendition How honey How honey hi honey hi honey, honey. honey. <laughs> <laughs> hugging the levels down on that one
1: <laughs> good luck trying to sync our voices up um Kyle, Hudney, I am home. Yeah, yeah. Um, is this the best part of a show? Yes, <laughs> it's um, it's like a well, the, the the pilot episode has a sort of live action opening where we get like a sort of Cheers style introduction to all the characters. Where there's a little picture and it's like starring Neil McCall as Adolf. Did you see what
0: was in the background for one of the cards on this? No burg
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> yes I'm thrilled oh. I'm so thrilled oh gosh <laughs> anyway um, yeah and um, uh, as an aside this this was not the opening that we got for the uh, the remaining episodes there is an animated opening. Um, that is in the style of uh, 60 sitcom Bewitched, um, which was meant to be used for the following episodes, but as we know, they never saw the light of day. Uh, but the animating uh, uh, animated opening is on YouTube, so I will put a link to that in the podcast description if for some ungodly reason you want to watch that. Uh, Nathan, did you see it? I did, and weirdly it reminded me
0: of like that sort of Bambi-style animation. Oh. That kind of, yeah... Not to make literally the worst link possible. <laughs>
1: oh. uh, I,
0: uh, yeah, I think I, I marginally prefer the car too, but either way, this uh, this tune is the best thing about this whole <laughs> horrible experiment.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to put myself in the mindset of somebody who would be watching this for the first time. If you tuned into the Galaxy Comedy Weekend, uh, if you'd been through the radio times and thought, oh, Heil Honey, I'm home, that looks good. Um... <laughs> and then You um, uh, was just sat there watching this Like I don't know what my first reaction would have been Because surely you'd have known what the show was If you tuned in to watch it Because no one's stumbling across this by accident Let's be honest And Like What uh, <laughs> I don't know Like, Would it have compounded me to watch it further Would I have instantly turned the channel off I don't know
0: I definitely would have carried on watching I'm not going <laughs> to lie but yeah
1: I think yeah probably with like current my current mindset but I don't know what 1990 me who would have been minus 7 would have um, would have thought of this but yeah we that's how we start um, and uh, well yeah it just gets ev- even weirder from there
2: right, I'm home <laughs> Oh honey me. What did I do now? Oh tonight you will make schnitzel. What a joke. You must be real mad at me, honey. I'm a very very bad Hitler.
1: <laughs> the show kicks off properly with your Hitler <laughs> entering hey, a studio apartment in full Nazi garb. Um he gets a cheer style round of applause as he enters. Uh, he pops a little Nazi salute. Says the show's name in a, in a thick New York accent. Um, was it jarring to see a man dressed as Hitler sound like Peter Griffin?
0: It was. It was very jarring, especially as as we go through. This is definitely set in Berlin, mm. so nothing makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they openly refer to the fact it's set in Berlin, but they they all sound like Peter Griffin. Fair play to Neil McCall. It's a very good accent. I'll give him that. Um and he he nails like everybody nails the style like of the sort of fifties style sitcom. Um we can't take that away from them. They're obviously all very good actors, all very good at this. Um But yeah, it's uh it's it's totally bizarre.
0: Yeah, my gripes going forward are not gonna be with the actors, it's gonna be the mm. script and the premise that really yeah. drives this into the into the ground. <laughs> into the me. ground,
1: yeah. Oh jeez. Um, so yeah, we've got Hitler, uh, and obviously we need Ava Braun, and in she comes dressed as a housewife. Um, she gets some applause House as well. Hausfrau, <laughs> and and so it begins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's not happy with Hitler. I can't, I'm going to say the word Hitler so many times um, because Hitler's late for his dinner. And Nathan, what was the dinner? The dinner was schnitzel, <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> I don't know much about schnitzel. Is it a meal? I thought it was like a snack. You don't have schnitzel for dinner, do you? I, (laughs) our culinary knowledge is so in the
0: ground (laughs) that what what would even be the point of trying to work this out? (laughs) Um, I like that he says tonight you were making schnitzel.
1: Yeah, at least, you know, there's there's opportunity for them to make other stereotypes like sauerkraut, sausage, um, various other things. Um. So so Hitler's obviously um, like this is the the classic trope of like the husband's late home for dinner and the wife is pissed off. Um, but because it's Hitler and Ava Braun, it's really fucking weird. Um, Hitler calls himself a very very bad Hitler and <laughs> literally slaps himself on the wrist.
0: Uh, the the sort of self uh, you know self deprecation that was lacking in the actual Hitler. <laughs> Uh, mindset,
1: somewhat. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, Ava then storms off into the kitchen. Hitler looks straight down the camera and says, boy, this is going to be some night.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> this <laughs> is Galaxy
1: Comedy <laughs> <Weekender. laughs> He's not wrong. Um, where, where, where were you at at this point, Nathan? We're about 90 seconds in, um... What what your thoughts? What is going on in your brain?
0: The the pacing is horrible. Um, it's not funny. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's stereotypes everywhere. Mm. Um, I, maybe a minor snigger from me when uh, Ava is like, I knew you when you were just a house painter.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, the classic trope of like, oh, you think you suck a big shot, but I've been you since the beginning. Um, and actually, that's not true. Ava Braun met him when he was the Chancellor of Germany. So slam dunk that, Atkinson. <laughs> we move into the kitchen and Hitler tells Ava that British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain is coming to dinner. Uh, Hitler's trying to schmooze Big Nev so he doesn't take any action over the recent invasion of Czechoslovakia. Um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're You're talking like you're doing a documentary on the History Channel right now.
1: Uh, If anyone is listening, uh, my email address is... uh, No, we're not doing that. But yeah, um, I mean, at least this is fairly historically accurate because Hitler did invade Czechoslovakia uh, and Neville Chamberlain did try and take action. Um,
0: How is this historically accurate, (laughs) Jacob?
1: I'm trying, Nathan. Can you not see the straws that I'm clutching at here? The biggest straw you've ever seen in your life.
0: You've you've just essentially said, "Well done to them for <laughs> including reference to a country that once existed." That's basically what you've just said. <laughs> we went one step too far, I'm trying, trying to be nice.
2: Okay, Eva, okay, uh,
0: you were right. I was wrong.
2: I'll show him around the town. We'll have a few beers. You forget about Czechoslovakia. He'll think, "Hey, this Adolf Hitler is a regular guy." Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, come on, babe. Just relax. Here comes the tickle monster.
1: <laughs> then just some hey, utterly bizarre, bizarre things occur. Oh, yeah. Hitler and Ava start being cutesy with each other. Hitler tickles her neck with his moustache, which he calls the tickle monster. Oh. <laughs> oh. And we learn that they had some nicknames for each other when they first started dating, didn't they, Nathan? They had some cute little nicknames. Hitler and Ava. Hitler. That, they did. That man that, that killed everybody. <laughs> What were the nicknames, Nathan?
0: Hitler was, in a moment of pure writing genius, uh, simply known as Mr. Sausage. Mr. Sausage! <laughs> and, uh, and then Ava got slight, the slight better uh, side of the coin in terms of stereotyping. She's got more of a uh, 50s American... Nickname. She was known as. Uh, was it just his hoochie
1: coochie girl? Hoochie coochie girl, which is too long to be a nickname. Yeah, a lot of syllables. And also, in there. so many syllables. And also, but why does he get the weird stereotype nickname? And she's just what?
0: I have. <laughs> Hitler didn't concede a lot, but he was happy to let that one go. <laughs> Mr Sausage
1: <laughs> I have I have so many questions about about this um but I'm 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 just I'm just in utter disbelief at this. Um but Mr Sausage and Hoochie Coochie Girl um get interrupted by their neighbours the Goldensteins guess which faith they belong to
0: Yeah uh, <laughs> The Goldensteins
1: um, Hitler is worried that they'll ruin everything when, when Nev comes round. He mentions that they were embarrassing when the Mussolini's came over. I actually thought that was quite funny. That's
0: not a bad gag, to be fair.
1: Yeah, it's not a terrible gag. There's a couple of gags I actually sort of sniggered at, and that was one of them. Uh, and this is... Um, <laughs> the next line is, is just sublime um, in the sense that I couldn't believe it happened. Um, Hitler says, When I finally invade Poland, <laughs> who's going to know first? The Poles? No. Rosa Goldenstein. Because <laughs> apparently she's really nosy.
0: Notice the misogyny there as, l- as well as the uh, the religious hatred just <laughs> piling
1: in. Look, if we're going to tick the boxes, we may as well get them all in one go. Um, how comfortable did you feel with Hitler living next door to a Jewish couple, Nathan? Which is not a sentence I ever thought I would say
0: uh the premise would have been better if they uh weren't portrayed as uh the annoying neighbors which did not help mm. things whatsoever
1: mm. yeah absolutely um and also like in this first episode it it like they're very unaware like they seem to just go along with things like hitler's just some normal guy when i don't know like the fact that they're jewish this is the prime opportunity for the sort of poking fun at Hitler like you know if you're going to do this you at least have to have the Jewish neighbors be like smart and get one up on Hitler but they're sort of portrayed as a thorn in his side like they they, they, they they're getting in the way of his plans. Uh the
0: whole thing is just incredibly uncomfortable there's nothing funny about mm. it really. It's 1990 guys be like more innovative with what you're doing this is just all based on horrible stereotypes which were massively peddled by the nazis themselves in the real world
1: it's like uh, the thing with the thing with the nazis is i'm <laughs> the thing very... with the nazis <laughs> <laughs> so, okay and, this, and and that's this is a prime example of this i'm quite desensitized to the actual horrors of it all you know i've i've grown up in a world where, you know, every piece of information is so readily available to me. I consume a lot of information. I will never understand the full horrors of what happened under the Nazi party. So if somebody says Hitler, my first thought isn't, oh, you know, there's that bloke that killed six million Jews. It's like, okay, there's Hitler, you know, because Hitler's sort of been so worn down, I think, now, especially to the, to my generation. Um, But, so I'm not, I'm not like... I'm not looking at this straight away and being like, oh god, this is the worst thing ever. But I think it's for somebody who had a very different context to me. If somebody like if somebody was Jewish, and this was nineteen ninety, so we're only like, what, a generation removed from the Second World War at this point. So I think you have to be so careful when you're when you're portraying someone like this. And this just isn't satire, it's just I mean, I don't know what this is you do, you'd like i I just think with stuff
0: like this, you've got to take it on a person by person basis. Hmm. Um, you know i think I think we both uh know uh we, we both know Jewish people, we have Jewish friends, um, yeah and some of them are a lot more I don't want to use the word blase about this sort of thing, but a lot more knowing and uh, yeah. self-deprecating about this sort of things and then some oh, yeah yeah um and some of the jewish people i know are uh, uh, and absolutely rightly so are uh, far more serious about this sort of stuff so turning it into a comedy is just mm. going to offend so many you've got to be so much more subtle and personal about this yeah. sort of thing and it's just it just doesn't work especially it, when it you does... portray the jewish neighbors as annoying
1: yeah I feel like this is this is the main issue that we both have with this, so we'll save it for the end. Um, and hopefully any Jewish people listening don't mind me and Nathan two non-jewish people speaking for you. We apologize if we caused any offense, but this is my my view of it uh, as a non-jewish person. Uh, so let's go next door and meet the to Take salsa
2: first. I didn't buy anything:
1: Your mother's coming?,
2: <laughs> Boy, you really hate her, don't you, Arnie? Go on, say it, Arnie. Okay. I hate your mother. (laughs) I can't believe you just said you hate my mother.
1: Watch the lips. I
2: hate your mother.
1: (laughs) This bit is just an old-timey sitcom chat. Uh, We even get a mother-in-law gag uh, because Arnie hates Rose's mother. Um, And we learn that their niece Ruth is coming to stay. Uh, She's 22 and quote-unquote not dating. Um, And I said, uh, this is a little bit I've done in the script, perhaps they could sign her up for a I Want to Marry Harry style dating show with various figures of the day. (laughs) Uh, Nathan, do you want to hear some of my names for uh, for the show? (laughs) Uh, I want to get on the level with Neville. (laughs) We'll we'll get more
0: into that later on.
1: (laughs) Uh, I want to booty call Charles de Gaulle. (laughs) yeah how's that
0: that that was is, is de gaulle the one that that ended up causing all the riots later on in the 60s in um Paris?
1: i don't know much about charles de gaulle apart from uh he liberated well he was leader of the free french army um so maybe uh and the last one i've got is netflix and churchill
0: <laughs> god i hate to think what programming churchill would want to watch <laughs> on netflix <laughs>
1: Oh jeez! uh this isn't how we can't make fun of Churchill in a in a in a Hitler centric episode yeah, I suppose that's not. gonna send all the it's gonna send all the wrong messages uh okay, so the goldensteins are arguing uh apparently Rosa spends a lot of money, which is like the opposite Jewish stereotype, so <laughs> I don't know what's going on there um and this whole segment just falls very flat because <laughs> it's like it, it you know Hitler's not in this bit. So it's not even you can't even say it's trying to send Hitler up. It's just a spoof of old Siamese sitcoms, which aren't funny anymore. This whole thing could have been played out seventy years ago.
0: This the whole opening uh, of the, the the whole introduction to the Golden Steeds was my least favorite part of the whole episode. Mm. Um,
1: it's, it's the bit it's the bit that's got the least to offer because up at this point it's just a straight up parody. Uh, And you're having to sit through, essentially, a rerun of The Honeymooners.
0: There's just no comedy in the Golden Steens bit. It was just, like, whiny and annoying. And Mm. then on a deeper level, I was like, well, this is just all kinds
1: of wrong. (laughs) (laughs) The tagline for this episode.
2: Hi, Ava. Hi, honey. This is (laughs) (laughs) Ruth. Hi, Ruth. Having a good time in Berlin, honey? No, not really. You're gonna do some fun things while you're here in Berlin. I don't think so. <laughs> you wanna go back to the apartment and watch the bird spin around on its little wheel? Okay.
1: <laughs> so we've set the scene, and the next day Hitler tells Ava to get doled up for Nev, and not to tell the Goldensteins. However, the Goldensteins are just there for some reason. Um, and they have Ruth with them. Nathan, who is who is Ruth? Ruth, I believe, is the nephew. Am
0: I correct? Of niece. Niece. Oh my god! What? <laughs> <laughs> it's too warm. Oh, um, oh,
1: it is very hot here. It is very hot. Um, uh, and you you put us through this, people. So.
0: <laughs> yes, she is the niece of the Goldensteins, and as you she said, she's twenty-two years old. And still not dating. How terrible of her. <laughs> um her portrayal is absolutely awful. Uh she's mm. really snotty and nasally. Uh yeah. just you say not snotty portrayal. as
1: in like not snotty as in like snobby, like she's literally full of snobs.
0: Yes. Uh, a horrible portrayal. Yeah. Um uh yeah, what a rubbish job done in <laughs> in creating this character.
1: Yeah. Um, in my notes, I've described her as dumpy and mucousy because I'm a horrible human being. Wow,
0: dumpy! Jeez, uh, that,
1: that is the image we're meant to get—the forgotten seventh dwarf, the eighth dwarf,
0: <laughs> I should
1: say. Dumpy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she's that classic um, sort of unattractive female character who is just made the butt of all the jokes uh, in the in sort of fifties and sixties humour. Um, and obviously there's no place for that anymore, and yeah, it's just like, at this point, I'm I'm just like, I don't know what you want me to say, show, because yeah, obviously you're doing a great job of introducing all of these 50s and 60s tropes, but why? (laughs) What's the point? And what
0: what is the point if you're then going to undo it by just bringing up loads of stereotypes, which even for 1990 are terrible? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it. Uh, the, the show like, obvi- like it's obviously you know these people have obviously watched a lot of I Love Lucy, and yeah, they get that. But it's just it's not really a it's 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 sort of a straight up parody rather than a. It's more I guess more of a pastiche than a parody because it's it's just aping all of these tropes and it's not really making fun of them because it's sort of that's where the quote-unquote comedy derives from I don't know it's maybe maybe I'm not clever enough to get the gag but but hey ho um so Ava and Rosa start talking uh so they're friends uh I, yeah
0: I guess the women are which I guess is progressive <laughs> I, d- I d- <laughs> The, yeah, the wit oh no, but then it's not really because it's really gossipy, isn't it? Their whole yeah. dialogue is really gossipy. Mm. Um,
1: the the, the, the test, this is not.
0: Mm, indeed. Um uh, yeah, and Ava basically goes totally against all of Hitler's uh instructions. And they I I d are we the, I don't know if we're this far into the the scripts now but is this the bit where they play charades or am i <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah they play charades
0: yeah is it charades charades <laughs> behind um, these charades this bit is so not funny uh there's loads of wordplay gags here because Avery's is trying to tell uh rosa who's coming over and rosa keeps getting it wrong and she mm. thinks a bison's coming over at one point <laughs>
1: Um well, well well Ava starts sort of mi she does the whole sound like and then mimes some horns. Yeah. Um Rose is like, oh it's a bull and then Ava sits down exasperated and she says, Sitting bull, the Indians are coming. Oh, uh, dear. which I actually found <laughs> I laughed at that, I'm not gonna lie. Uh I thought that was quite funny. Um but yeah, she's trying to say devil, I think with the horns, and then it's it's Neville Neville Chamberlain is is, is coming round. Is the, is the long short of the gag
0: surely like I, I don't want to script this but if if, if they'd done Sounds Like Devil and then maybe she'd said Adolf that might have been a bit funny maybe I don't know <laughs> um we,
1: I we I, I I don't know I don't think there's any way of making this funny Nathan yeah I'm never writing this
0: I'm never writing a comedy <laughs> yeah. script let alone this one
1: <laughs> yeah this is not going on the Kickstarter Oh dear. Um so yeah, eventually Rosa gets it. Um and then later in the day. <laughs> the,
0: your voice has just gone, oh god.
1: Ah, oh, we're 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 not even like ten minutes in at this point. Oh my lord. So the Goldensteins pop round later in the day with some Chelsea Buns and some Lord Grey tea for um for Big Nev. Hitler isn't happy that Ava told them, but Ava plays innocent, pretending that Rosa eavesdropped. Uh she then <laughs> She then says that Hitler could use this as an example to convince Neville Chamberlain that he's just a regular guy who isn't going to invade anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he, and this is a direct quote. Ava says, You want everyone to think that Adolf Hitler shouts at his neighbours? Well, if that's all they think, I think he's got away with it there.
0: Yeah, that's it's just like par for the course in <laughs> it's pretty rural light. Britain, isn't it? Like, that's nothing.
1: <laughs> it's almost weird if you don't hate your neighbours.
0: Yeah, ugh. Get, get all up in your shit and knowing everything yeah. about you.
1: <laughs> yeah, their cat wandering over and shitting in your garden. <laughs> so Ava hatches a plan to get the Goldensteins drunk so they fall asleep. Uh, Hitler takes a phone call. Uh, he answers it by saying, Hitler speaking. No, Bob Hitler. Who do you think? Again, I thought this was quite funny.
0: I'm sort of laughing now in retrospect. <laughs> I probably was disgusted at the time. Uh, did, you, did you see the bit just before that that was way too close to the mark? Where... Hitler exclaims, we go in there and punch their heads together, and then he does the salute.
1: Oh, God, I didn't know he did the salute. Yeah, that's like, Uh, not comedy. no. That's sort of what happened. (laughs) Oh, dear. The
0: the bit with the phone call, I sort of did laugh as well at the, could you speak up, it's hard to hear you over the Uber Alas bit as well. (laughs)
1: um yeah and and the guy at the other end of the phone is Joe Joe Goebbels, who else um who's collected Chamberlain ahead of the from the airport ahead of schedule uh so Hitler has to flee to get the p m and that's the end of part one. This is the end of part one. There's still another half to go. How are we doing at this point?
0: Well, it's just horrible, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's just already irretrievable on so many levels.
1: <laughs> I don't know what to say, next.
0: <laughs> go to part two,
1: it's all good. Okay, let's, let's do go to part Another two. One.
2: You're going to love this. You ready for this? Ready? Who's this? Who's this? Monkey! I win. Wonderful party. Good night. No, it's not a monkey. It's, it's Roast. In that room It's your mother
1: So we come back from commercial And Arnie's doing a weird impression of oh Rose's my God. mother
0: <laughs> What offended me most here Is that they had one of those lamp cloths That's so pointless
1: <laughs> I thought it was a doily
0: uh, what's a
1: what's a doily? A doily's like a, a sort of piece of table dressing. You know, the sort of white circles with the frilly bits. Oh, okay. So that was put...
0: what I would kind of be referring to, I guess. Oh, like okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, God, how is this a discussion we're having? <laughs> uh, Rosa says, "My mother is not a monkey," which gives you a clue of how bad the impression was. Also, is that offensive? Probably. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Neville Neville Chamberlain is here I'd just like to remind you this is Patrick Gargill's final role Before he died (laughs) Uh,
0: What a preface (laughs) He
1: he starts a running theme of Neville Chamberlain's Character Which is he tells really bad jokes Uh, Did you get the joke here Nathan?
0: I didn't understand The punchline uh, well so...
1: obviously it was just too high brow for you Nathan
0: Yeah a polar bear or something And the... what... mm. Please tell me Jacob I don't get it
1: What do you call a polar bear who's wearing three balaclavas Anything you like He can't hear you
0: I... I'm lost Am I really <laughs> dumb <done? laughs>
1: Do I have to explain this To you I'm not angry at you I'm just angry at myself For including this in the script
0: Yeah, but can you explain it to me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everyone. I don't know, the (laughs) Everyone who's listened to this podcast for an in-depth analysis of Hile Honey, I'm Home, just skip forward maybe 30 seconds and we'll get back to it. Um, But the, the purpose of the joke is, Nathan, that the polar bear is wearing so many balaclavas it's blocked out the sound. So you could, in theory, call it anything you wanted to. You could insult it and it wouldn't do anything because it couldn't hear you.
0: Yeah, I I mean, that's what I thought But then I was like What? what?
1: (laughs) Is is this what people did
0: before the internet Come up with these kind of jokes? Nathan It's not funny Okay, good, good It's okay to not
1: find it funny, don't worry It's fine It's 32 degrees, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sat here in my pants. I'm so hot. I don't need any more (laughs) physical exertion. (laughs) We're moving on. (sighs) Right. Moving on. They then both make fun of the goose step, um, which is a weird moment of self-awareness from Hitler, uh, and we enter the flat to find the drunken Goldensteins rolling around on the floor. Uh, Rosa then kisses Nev full on the mouth, but don't worry, folks; she got her husband's permission first. (laughs) Uh, What did you think of Cargill's bumbling British performance here? The best thing about the whole show,
0: as I (laughs) said earlier on, should we talk about the Mm. teapot? Oh my
1: God! What the fuck was this,
2: (laughs) Mister Chamberlain? How about a pot of tea? Oh, all right. (laughs) Here goes. I'm a little teapot. Short. There's my handle. There's my spouse. Will I get my team up,
0: hear me shout. Tip me up and pour me out. What? What? What is he asked? I can't remember. Do you want? Do you want a pot of tea or something? And then he's just like, yeah. Oh, they definitely just asked me to do the teapot song. <laughs> so he's he's standing at the top of the set and he does the I'm a little teapot and it's actually from a physical comedy wise i quite enjoyed it i must admit
1: oh god i was just so i don't know how they got from this point like there is no way you would interpret that as can you sing i'm a little teapot <laughs> I this don't, is I bizarre don't, i don't think it's a,
0: a famous nazi germany uh <laughs> you know ballad is it really <laughs>
1: Well, that other time, of course, um, I'm a Little Teapot was the British national anthem, so... Yeah, it's probably probably more inclusive
0: than the one we've got now.
1: (laughs) Hot take. So Hitler uh, witnesses this. Um, and Chamberlain then pulls him aside to the kitchen to talk about his invasion plans. He then signs out, brings out a piece of paper, which is the Munich Agreement, uh, which is more commonly known as the Peace in Our Time Agreement. Uh, but technically, uh, the actual phrase that Chamberlain used in 1938 was peace for our time, not peace in our time, uh, which is a common, a common misnomer when referring <laughs> to this uh, document.
0: And, Jacob, what fucking month was that in as well?
1: <laughs> the Munich Agreement was signed in real life <laughs> And this is ridiculous. On the 30th of September in 1938, if that date is familiar to you, it's because it is 52 years to the day (laughs) that this pilot aired. (laughs)
0: Oh, it's so good.
1: Is surely this has to just be a massive coincidence, right? There is no way this was done on purpose. It was the one moment of clarity they had at Galaxy. They're all sitting around
0: sweating, drinking copious amounts of coffee in silence and three hours in, one guy goes, the date, guys, the date. It's a money winner. Come on.
1: (laughs) Everyone realised that and then they were blowing the air horns, they were running rounds, just going mental. They were like, we've saved the channel. (laughs) we then get another chamberlain joke he says what would you say to a small drink Uh, (laughs) chamberlain says hello small drink
0: fair play on that one
1: (laughs) um and when chamberlain's back is turned hitler pinches the munich agreement and puts it in a fridge
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is real world happenings guys it was put in the fridge Why did he put it in the fridge? Why didn't he rip it up? I, th- I think, it, from, from what they say later, it sounds like the fridge had very, very poor uh, drainage <laughs> because it was really <laughs> wet when it came out.
1: Well, that's 1930s technology for you. Nathan, what happens next? What
0: the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, they come back into the living room and everyone is doing a conga line, and oh, I can't wait for you to splice in the the dialogue here. Uh, they're they're all singing, uh, "I came, I saw, I conquered." Um, it what is the original song for this tune? But it's like, "I came, I saw, I conquered."
1: You know, you know, it's, um, did you say conquered or congered?
0: Oh, is it con? Are they saying congered? It's congered.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I th- it's, it's, uh, I think that's, I, well, that's what I thought it was anyway. It's I came, I saw, I conquered.
0: Oh, okay. I thought it was conquered because of the Hitler context.
1: <laughs> I don't think, the, I don't think you're to blame here, Nathan. I think this is the show's fault, not you.
0: Can I also quickly talk about, uh, Ruth and Neville here? <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, this is the big romance angle of this uh, of this episode. <laughs> so I I took the time here to
0: actually research pre nineteen fifties history.
1: Wow. And
0: so this court- is he
1: did this for you people. He did this I, for you. I did this
0: for you. I, I I I looked at things that weren't in color for you. <laughs> and uh, Ruth is twenty two, as it's previously announced in this episode. When the Munich Agreement was signed and then put in a fridge. Um, <laughs> Neville Chamberlain would have been uh, either 68 or 69. Uh, oh. How wrong is that? That is like Hugh Hefner levels of age difference going on.
1: <laughs> oh, God. I mean, if we're going to pick holes in the uh, the accuracy, then we'll be here all day. But I think that's just a, that is a, a very tiny cherry on top of the cake made of feces at this point. <laughs> so rosa comes in with ruth uh, ruth joins the conga line by grabbing hitler's ass <laughs> she then confronts nev and he's incredibly forward with him she says if he wants a hair a lock of her hair for his wallet and nev's response was that seems like a fair swap
0: how is that practical like sort of like quite unhygienic and not practical to have like a lock yeah. of someone's hair. <laughs>
1: I'm not advocating it, you know. I never even had a picture of a partner in my wallet, let alone a piece of their anatomy.
0: Yeah, because the internet has pictures, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. So
0: you're fine. I
2: get back to number ten. Hey, 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 hey! Hey, got chips and dips for everybody. Hey, potato! I found this in your refrigerator. Is it important? I can't make it up. It's all wet. Peas in our brine. Let me have a look at that thing. Oh, peaches, peaches in our tins. No, no, that ain't it. I got it. I got it. Peace in our tins. No, it's peace in our time.
1: Then some bollocks happens where Arnie goes to get some snacks and accidentally brings the Munich Agreement in out of the fridge. Uh, everybody tries to read the title of the paper We get peaches in brine Peas in our time Ha 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 ha! Shoot me uh, And then Hitler eventually blurts out the title uh, <laughs> Neville accuses Hitler of trying to hide the papers But he tries to use the Goldensteins to make himself look good Instead they blurt out Hitler's secret battleships <laughs> Which prompts them to very angrily kick, him, kick them out of the flat uh, Did you get Neville's response to Hitler after this?
0: Um, I'm going to be honest, I don't think I did.
1: (laughs) Uh, In in an excellent bit of very British dialogue, Neville says that Hitler is off his wicket (laughs) (laughs) and calls him a naughty little Hitler.
0: Uh, The exact thing that Hitler called himself near the start. uh. (laughs) Yes.
1: Uh, And then, so, so Hitler then signs the Munich Agreement, which he did in real life um he tries to appease ha neville by doing that i love that uh, you've neville let is... them
0: off the hook again there oh we did it in real life <laughs> so that's all right
1: again i draw your attention to the straws um neville is happy with his work he leaves takes ruth out for dinner gross uh <laughs> hitler and eva then start they sit on the sofa very pleased with themselves why he signed the agreement which is what he didn't want to do i don't know why i'm questioning the plot at this point They then kiss. It's a freeze frame. The end. Wow.
0: Just before Neville left, did you get his aperitif gag? (laughs) No. So, um, Ava says something like, Oh, would you like a little aperitif uh, before you go? And Hmm. Neville just goes, I've got a pair already and points at his teeth. Um, Just wanted to get that (sighs) in there.
1: What, What is an aperitif?
0: Uh, oh, it's, is it a small dish? Am I wrong?
1: I, I don't, don't know about I'm cuisine, un- <laughs> it's
0: so boring.
1: <laughs> I'm uncultured, Nathan. <sighs> well, that's that then. That is Heil Honey, I'm Home, episode one of one. Um, I don't know what to say, Nathan. We've, I think, un- unlike
0: uh, other episodes where maybe we don't draw everything together until the end, we've kind of said everything here, Yeah, I think already.
1: Yeah. Um, I think when I was in when I was originally watching it, I was so sort of out of it. I didn't it didn't really hit home how bad it was, but talking about it now, I'm exhausted.
0: I had to watch it again, uh, we are recording on a Saturday. Oh. I had to watch it again uh, on Thursday uh, oh, because I'd thing. literally forgotten everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did I did one watch through taking notes. I think it took me over an hour to get through it because I was stopping so often to just write notes. I think I was writing for longer than I was watching and there's just I, I there's so much to say even removing the fact that it's about Hitler it's a bad show without the fact that it's offensive like the gags that land a few and far between and the ones that don't land are either horrifically unfunny or just really obvious send-ups of a genre of TV that no one was really asking to be parodied in the first place like why did this deserve to be parodied why why 50 sitcoms what did they do to offend anybody so much that you had to make one about Hitler
0: I, I think the offence comes from how easily they were made and you know it's just sort of not to use a really horrendous t- analogy but it's sort, just sort of cum shot TV isn't it like <laughs>
1: Just straight
0: in, straight out. Job done.
1: millions. how is that the worst thing that's been said on this show? (laughs) Straight in,
0: straight out.
1: Oh, gross. Um, yeah, I mean, as we've said, fair play to the actors. They, they did a wonderful job with this bollocks. (laughs) Um, I don't even think I'm annoyed at Jeff Atkinson Because he's clearly a creative guy And he clearly had this vision I'm annoyed at the executives at Galaxy Who should have stopped him
0: Well they they were all just like Celebrating that one uh, <laughs> that, that one date that they'd managed to join up They're probably all just like making out on the conference table <laughs> and they, just,
1: they were and coked up to by. the nines <laughs> While pre- production was happening They were just just coked up to the nines just going mental in their in their in their shitty backwater offices in in i don't know brixton or something oh no this <sighs> would
0: definitely be out in west london where i used to work 100 <laughs> like this is pure like felton offices definitely sorry to felton
1: <laughs> i was gonna say oh but um i mean there is so much to say on this um I'm actually going to ask you, Nathan, do you want to talk about it more now? Or should we get into what happened after the show?
0: I mean, I don't have much to add, really. Uh, mm. we, we've done it again. We've actually managed to find a bad thing or bad things. So <laughs> I'm going to do a tally at the end of the year,
1: uh, oh. probably
0: for probably for our big finale to um, mm. just to tally up what was actually bad and what wasn't. I think that could be uh, could be an interesting stat uh, when we yeah. do what I guess will be some sort of weird awards ceremony show (laughs) at the end of the year.
1: Any excuse to get dressed up. Um, So, yeah, I think, like... I think this is a different... Obviously a very different sort of offended to lesbian vampire killers, which offended me more because I think I just take more umbrage with the way that they presented the women and the way they presented the laddie culture because it's more relevant to me. But this was just such a poorly conceived idea. I'll have to say, like, it it is a, you know, to a certain extent, it is fairly well executed in terms of the acting is good. It's obviously, like, the set's pretty on point. It's just that this should never have been made in the first place.
0: I I am less put out by this than I was by LVK. Mm. I hated, 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 hated LVK.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I'm just more confused than upset. Um, But some people that were upset was, rather understandably, the Secretary General of the Board of Deputies of British Jews. (laughs) Um, Chaim Pinner, I hope I've said that correctly, said that the show was in very bad taste and followed up by saying, we are against any trivialisation of the Second World War, Hitler or the Holocaust, and this certainly trivialises those things. It's very distasteful and even offensive.
0: Well, you can't argue against that, can you?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think if anybody's got any uh, any right to be offended by this, it's this guy. And yeah, I think he sums up. He probably summed up the feelings of a lot of people at the time um, because it, this was thirty years ago. Like sensibilities have changed, and, and I think people were a lot less willing to accept things like this now. Just don't um, do not...
0: this on this wider <laughs> scale. If if you have a friend who's a bit more playful about this sort of thing, and mm you know they're not going to be so put out by it, then, you know, maybe have a bit of, like, risque banter. But, like, don't make a fucking comedy about this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you establish your boundaries with with people you know on a personal level. But, obviously, you can't know your audience for a TV show on a personal level. Uh, And there's that old phrase, that old John Cleese phrase of it's impossible to be offended by TV because you can't just change the channel. But equally, like the mere fact that this was made, the fact that money was put into this, I think the offence comes from the fact that somebody thought this was a good idea, more than what was actually said in the show. Um, the fact that this was out there in the first place is where the offence comes from for me.
0: I, yeah, I love the fact that the probably the entire Galaxy original programming budget was blown on this. <laughs>
1: All 20 quid of it. What's more, this show killed the channel. (laughs) Well, okay, it might be slightly unfair to say that, but it's very fun to say that, so I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Despite only having been born in March of that year, BSB shut its doors in November 1990, which was, let's remember this, two months after (laughs) this show came out, After a 50-50 merger with Rupert Murdoch Sky, Uh, both subscription services were struggling in the brave new world of digital television, so a deal was struck to save them both. The resulting group was called BSkyB, which was simply marketed as Sky, which is now one of the most profitable and influential media groups in the entire world. And BSB's six channels were handed over to Sky, and the first to be axed was rather understandably Galaxy, <laughs> which closed down on December the second, nineteen ninety, after not even a year in existence, and the transponder was handed over to Sky One. Heil Honey has the rather dubious honor of being the channel's first and only piece of original programming. <laughs> uh,
0: yes. And the rest was they just managed- spent on Coke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they managed. 25 minutes of original programming
0: (laughs) it is just like dave back in the day where they had no original programming at all yeah
1: yeah and and just top gear on endless repeats Um, oh i've got a
0: good anecdote about dave
1: Uh, oh go on shout out to my
0: sister here sorry leanne um, in, in the early days of us having a, a digibox, as it was known um. back then, my sister was scrolling through the channels and because cause the channel was called Dave, she thought that my dad had somehow created some sort of playlist for himself <laughs> of content to watch throughout the day. Bearing in mind, I, d- I think Top Gear would be so low on my dad's list of TV shows. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my uh that's my memories of early the early days of Dave there.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Shout out to Leanne, uh, one of our top fans on Facebook. <laughs> we love Leanne. Um so yeah, uh the show died a death, the channel died a death. Um I guess it sort of lives on to this day in the weird sort of Frankenstein's monster that is B-Sky B. Um And any and... any
0: digital channel between about 13 and 50 is this model of <laughs> Of Channel
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely They definitely wrote the book And this merger, you know, saved the day when it came to Sky Um, So I guess it has its place in British television history Um, And this show definitely has a place Because over the years it's garnered quite the reputation Uh, Nathan, how much did you find in the way of reviews?
0: Yeah, no, uh, no exact kind of publication reviews, but loads of people hmm. have commented on it. Uh, Mal- Marianne Calabro, I hope I'm saying that name correctly. <laughs>
1: oh, very nice. Um,
0: described it as perhaps the world's most tasteless situation comedy. <laughs> uh, we've got a guy from Arizona State University, David Hawkes who mm. argues that the show was a failure as a comedy because it? Did, I think this is quite a good quote for our podcast as well. It <laughs> disastrously exceeded the limits of irony. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: he, he nails it, David Hawkes. Um, he says that um, this episode, we can measure the distance travelled by comedic irony between 1990 and today. Such a heavy-handed concept would never be produced in the era of Alan Partridge, Jim Royal and David Brent. Yes, He absolutely nails it, though.
0: Um, And Channel 4, uh, as per usual, they did a bloody countdown because that's all they do. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) no, I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) Um, It was listed at 61 on Channel 4's 100 Greatest TV Moments from Hell.
1: (laughs) The oxymoron of greatest and hell being in the same. (laughs) I'm up for it. Yeah, I mean, that might be something I watch now um yeah it's it's got it's got a load of a load of people of like this is the go-to example of uh, a bad idea a show that got cancelled after one episode um there's so many youtube videos out there where people review this episode uh thanks to everybody who did because i i consumed them all vehemently for this episode um but incredibly this didn't kill anyone's career well,
0: <laughs> to the to the extent that they carried on getting, oh, oh, I don't want to be mean. I'm not hmm. going to be mean. No. OK, it didn't kill anyone's career. Okay.
1: No, no, nobody. Nobody made nobody was made a star from it. But people have gotten consistent work from it. Neil McCall is still working. Uh, he was recently seen on BBC One in the trial of Christine Keeler, uh, which came out this year. So he's still active now, um, as we uh, as we pointed out on Twitter, uh, if you want to give him a follow. Uh, did you get anyone else's uh, post-Hyle trajectory? No, Jacob, I did <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, Danica Fairman, who rather sensibly quit the show after the pro- pilot, uh, is currently in the DC adaptation The Sandman on the Netflix. Uh, so she's obviously doing quite well. And even Jeff Atkinson has done well in the years following. He still works with Rory Bremner. He's also been an executive producer on a show called Getting On. Uh, which won an Emmy. Oh, sorry, was nominated for an Emmy. That's an HBO comedy series. Uh, And he's also been a producer on 12 episodes of the Channel 4 documentary series, Dispatches. That's random. (laughs) I know. Yeah. A really serious journalistic program uh, that has a producer on it who made a show about Hitler. Um, yeah, he also says that with 25 years of hindsight he would have made the Goldsteins more aware of their situation, but he's very open about the show. He says, I don't resent it. It's a problem child that at a certain times gave me a lot of pleasure, so I certainly don't think it's a ball and chain. I think if we got it right, it could have been fantastic, and I'd rather that than yet another sitcom about a 30-something couple that hasn't really got much to say.
0: <laughs> if that's how he justifies it, fire away, Jeff. <laughs>
1: I can I, I can see where he's coming from. I admire the sentiment of trying something new, but there are certain things you should just not try. <laughs> and this is one of them. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's sort of everything I've got on Heil Honey, I'm Home. Um, Nathan, do you have any sort of closing remarks on the show? Um,
0: no, I, I just want to quote Mark Corrigan from Peep Show, actually, where he <laughs> sort of dresses up as Hitler and he says, we've tried, we've failed...
1: And we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one episode. I'd rather be watching that. Um, yeah, I think... I just think the show gets everything the wrong way around. I think they use TV... They use Nazis to make fun of TV when they should be using TV to make fun of the Nazis. <laughs> and once you strip away the fact that it's about Hitler, it's just another boring sitcom. It's just another boring send-up of the 50s. Um... And it just outstays its welcome, even at 30 minutes. And the prospect of an entire series of this, from a a genuine, sincere standpoint, is not particularly exciting. Especially when you learn about the unaired episodes having a running theme of Hitler trying to murder the Goldsteins. The Goldsteins, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, Hitler's not the monster he used to be. Decades of poking fun have definitely desensitised a lot of people to the horrors. Um, But the show just doesn't go out of its way to make fun of him. I don't think it's endorsing him in a way. I think it's just poorly written. I think they've just got the end goal completely wrong. Um, But it does open up a very interesting conversation about satire uh, and how to send up evil. So, uh, well, more importantly, how not to send up evil. (laughs) Um, So I guess I admire it for that. But on the whole, no, (laughs) basically, Do we want Uh, to talk
0: about the unaired episodes as well? Yes,
1: we do. Uh, Because before we leave Adolf and Ova behind for good, uh, we'll give you a little tease. Because, yeah, there is more of this stuff out there, isn't there, Nathan?
0: Yeah. uh, Jeff Marks, uh, who played uh, Arnie Goldenstein, has got Hmm. a couple of clips from this on his (laughs) acting reel. Um, Yeah. So if you want to, if you do want to hunt that down, you just have to type it. His name is Jeff Marks, isn't it? I'm looking for Gareth,
1: Gareth Marks.
0: Oh my God. I'm so sorry, Gareth Marks. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. If you want to hunt down his, um, his showreel, you just got, you just got to type in Gareth Marks showreel on YouTube. You'll see a clip of uh, Arnie and Hitler in bed. (laughs) And also a clip uh, where Arnie dresses up as Hitler and addresses the German nation.
1: Wow um, Well that sounds horrific uh, Yeah so go and look that out And uh, even more excitingly A YouTube user called Paul, Car- Paul Carmichael Claims to have copies of all Eight <laughs> unaired episodes uh, characters He's the in this anonymous
0: epi- of uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Characters in this episode In these episodes include Reynard Heydrich, Joseph Starling And Hermann Goering in what is Tantalisingly marketed as the Christmas special <laughs> Uh, so Carmichael uh, He says he's working with professional archivists To one day get these episodes seen So we may not be done With Heil Honey I'm Home for good Nathan we're done for oh, it Oh I'm not seeing through any
0: more of this Oh
1: come on We ha- If these episodes get released we have to follow them up We have <laughs> to At least the Christmas special come on
0: <laughs> Our <old> Christmas special
1: <laughs> Yes Christmas with Stalin Ah. <sighs> So that's it for Heil Honey, I'm home. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much for accompanying me through this absolute quicksand of a show. Uh, And thank you, everyone, for listening. Hopefully you don't hate us enough now to not visit our social media pages. Nathan, where can people find us?
0: You can find us on Facebook if you search for Bad Things, the podcast. And we are also on Twitter and Instagram at Bad Things Pod. Thank you, as always, to Jenny Pettikin for uh, managing the social media landscape uh, as we bumble around like Neville Chamberlain in this <laughs> series.
1: Yes, thank you, Jenny. You're a star, as is Becky Stolworthy. Uh, the reason we haven't had any custom artwork for a while is because uh, a lot of her qu- equipment is broken um, and she's currently trying to get that sorted out. But, um, so is a massive this thank the you China the problem she was Yes, talking. this is the, the China problem, Yes. Um, as you can understand, I think there's obviously a lot more going on in the world right now than, uh, than uh, a graphics pen that needs to be repaired. So that you know, the artwork will return and we will have a special gallery of everything on our social media pages. It may even return by the time this comes out, but no promises. Uh, but by the time this comes out, Nathan, somehow we will have finished round one of the Corp Rock Tournament. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, every Monday for the last, I think it's like, we've done this for like six weeks now at this point. <laughs> we've pitted two of the cheesiest, least authentic 70s and 80s corp rock songs against one another with the hopes of crowning the ultimate corp rock track. And Nathan, round two, the round of, uh, the round of eight is shaping up to be quite the tussle. It is.
0: I will be conducting the draw for the quarterfinal. And, Are we uh, going to
1: do it like the Champions League where we all dress up and, and we get like, Petr Cech to pick the balls out of her? Uh... Do you want me to like buy some ping pong balls and put numbers on them? And, uh... Uh, yes. yes. Yes, please. Uh,
0: logistically, I will probably be conducting the draw in private. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then we will get going with the quarterfinals and um yeah just everyone make sure the final countdown wins really is my uh (laughs) my request
1: and you can vote in that tournament by going to our facebook page we post it up every monday and it's a reaction thing so we give you two options to choose from you can vote however you want uh nathan does it he votes for his least favorite song you can vote for your most favorite it's entirely up to you uh, but just make sure you vote uh, because we love to interact with the fans. We really, really do, and, and I think it's really cool that we have people that actually interact with our posts. So yeah, thank and you I just, I just
0: wanna, I wanna say thanks to everyone who, because I thought this was gonna die on its ass. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. And, uh, ev- he never told really me this, by, by the way. He it's never told
1: great. me he thought it was gonna die on its ass. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, this is, this is. Uh, taken over my life in a way i never thought it was going to be um but it's really great it's really really nice to have people mention it um in conversation so thank you everyone and yeah we'd love to we'd love to grow the podcast even more uh, head into 2021 with a lot of steam behind us so please do share this tell your friends um and yeah help us out because we'd really appreciate it uh, if you did that but we uh well that's a big problem let's deal with our next thing uh, our next episode, in fact, Nathan. What are we reviewing next time?
0: Uh, once again, a straggler from a previous poll. The second place uh, from a previous poll has won on its return. We are going to be looking into the rap rock phenomenon as we tackle uh, <laughs> Limp Biscuits' ridiculously named album, Chocolate Starfish, and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. Uh, Jacob, mm. you heard this recently, and how long is it again?
1: It's 75 minutes long.
0: Oh, my God. Nearly mm-hmm. Lulu levels of length and probably <laughs> bollocks as well. Uh, so we will see you for episode, ni- episode nine Episode of yeah. Bad Things. Uh, Lip mm. biscuits, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavoured water. And on the next music poll, uh, Justin Timberlake's Man of the Woods, which was second, will be returning. So you'll have another chance to vote for JT. And yes, that is me saying you should vote for that. <laughs>
1: We love an impartial vote. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, and as we like to say on the show, as one poll opens, another opens. And you now have the chance <laughs> to vote for this, the subject of our 10th. Yes! 10th episode Which will be out in October And you have as always four options And the first option is as ever the very close Runner up and I mean very close runner up In last month's poll A film with a cast including Elizabeth Banks, Kristen Bell Halle Berry, Gerard Butler, Seth MacFarlane Hugh Jackman, Terence Howard, Chloe Grace Moretz Chris Pratt, Uma Thurman, Kate Winslet And Richard Gere It weaves 14 different storylines together in an absolute mess of a narrative that won it the Worst Picture Award at the 2013 Golden Raspberries. Movie 43 is option number one. And option number two is a film that I know you're dying to watch, Nathan, and that is not a pun. Um, (laughs) Because October is the spookiest month of the year. Uh, we're giving you the chance to watch us watch a bad horror movie, and the one we've chosen is from 2019. Uh, it's called Countdown, and no, it's not a big screen adaptation of the Channel Four Tea Time Quiz. It's a film about an app that tells you how long you have left to live. 26 percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Yeah, there's not going to be any Jeff Stelling here if he's still. <laughs> I don't know if he still presents Countdown.
1: Nick Hewer, um, my man, Nick Hewer
0: oh it's nick here of course i don't think jeff stelly's done it since about 2010 to be fair he's not done it for Um, years (laughs) yeah i because of uh my work i have seen parts of this film it looks absolutely terrible and i don't know (laughs) how i'm gonna vote because i really want to see movie 43 as well Hmm. um it has uh i can't remember her name but the actor who plays guinevere beck in the netflix series you is the protagonist of this film
1: interesting okay um so yeah, I I mean I think uh, not to not to brag, but I think this this poll selection, I, I'd be happy watching any of them. So if we get countdown, we'll do a Halloween special, we'll we'll maybe we'll dress up or something. I don't know. But that is your option number two. Option number three, which I think might be my low-key favourite, is our first ever animated show. It is a primetime sitcom created by DreamWorks bigwig Jeffrey Katzenberg. And the show centres around a family of circus lions, the patriarch being voiced by John Goodman and their various exploits as part of Siegfried and Roy's Las Vegas show. Side characters include two steroid abusing warthogs, an alcoholic tiger and a closeted gay elephant who is in a relationship with a turkey. This sounds mental. This is Father of the Pride. How many episodes is there of this? There's a whole season, but we will watch some choice cuts, I think, depending on how we can get our hands on them. Uh, But this sounds absolutely fucking ballistic. It sounds amazing. (laughs) It sounds so good. And to wrap things up, we have uh, another TV show from 1990 that only got one episode. This is revered as one of the worst ideas in television history. It's about a Chicago cop who dies in the line of duty and then is reincarnated as a flatulent English bulldog. (laughs) The mutt the mutt then teams up with his former human partner to try and catch his own killer. This is Emmy Award winner Peter Boyle in a very un-Emmy Award winning show called Poochinski.
0: <laughs> Never heard of it until I watched a review of Heil Honey and this was uh, mm. referenced. Is this another one-episode deal?
1: Yeah, it's uh, another one-episode wonder. The pilot was uh, was cho- was not picked up by NBC, but they showed it anyway. And it is on YouTube in full. And my God, it looks like shit. So I'm very excited. And you can cast your votes for our next episode by heading to our social media pages. The poll will be up in a week's time and close in a fortnight's time. So with that out of the way, I think that just about does it for Hitler. And the only thing (laughs) left to do is once again, thank my esteemed colleague, Nathan Packham. Thank you so much, Nathan. Uh, This has been a real, real romp
0: thank you so much Jacob as well uh, I, I say this every, every time we record but uh, I'd just like to say thank you for all your work behind the scenes especially keeping the, uh, the Corp Rock tournament going <laughs> and uh, all the social media stuff you do um, so thank you Jacob etc and I will see you for fucking Fred Durst
1: <laughs> uh, well I know you'd be loving this shit right here bad things <laughs> right here Thank you very much for choosing to spend your free time with us talking about Hitler. And we shall say ta-ta, see you soon, and stay bad. Bye, folks.